Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chedukir Aleph, Parshas Meshpatim Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha, we learn about a slave who gets his ear pierced, and we learn the explanation of Rashi on this. And there are four parts in the sicha. Number one, the Rebbe will ask eight questions on Rashi. Number two, present what's really bothering Rashi. Number three, based on this, answer all eight questions. And number four, present the Yenishul Torah in Rashi, as well as a lesson, a hero and Avedis Hashem. Rashi says on the Pasuk in our parasha, this Pasuk is talking about an Evid Ivri who was sold and now wants to remain a slave beyond the time that he was sold for. So the Pasuk says that in order to do this, and his master shall pierce his ear with a Marzea, with an awl. So Rashi says, it's his right ear. And then Rashi continues, or maybe it's not the right ear, but rather the left ear. Talmud Lemar, therefore the Pasuk teaches us, we make a from the word Eisen over here to the word Eisen elsewhere, and from that we learn that it's talking about the right ear. What's the Gzereshava? It says over here, and his master shall pierce his ear. And it says by the Mitzayra, the cartilage of his right ear. And so we learn out, just like over there, it's his right ear, also over here, it's his right ear. And there's a question on this section of Rashi. Now in terms of understanding what Rashi is saying here, so the intent of Rashi seems to be that since it says Oznei, which is singular, it doesn't say Oznov, so it only means one ear, and it doesn't say which one. So Rashi comes to tell us, that it's the right ear based on Xerushava. However, the difficulty is from the length in Rashi. Rashi says, as if there's something compelling us to say it's the left ear. So it's implied that it makes sense that it's the left ear, and it's only the Xerushava that forces us to say that it's the right ear. And the question is, why would we want to say that it's the left ear? The wording, is saying, or maybe you'd want to say that it's nothing but the left ear, as if there's some reason, something compelling us to say it's the left ear. What is that? What is it that's compelling us to say that it's the left ear? And it's just because we have Xerushava that we're forced to say that it's the right ear. And Rashi continues, And what's the reason that the ear is pierced rather than all other limbs in the body? So the answer was given by Rabbi Yechen ben Zakei. Omer Rabbi Yechen ben Zakei. Rabbi Yechen ben Zakei said, "Oizen zeishe shamal har Sinai, loy signev this ear that heard at har Sinai, don't steal v'halach v'ganav." And he went and stole teratza should be pierced. So here we're talking about a person who was sold into slavery because he stole and was unable to pay back. And if we're talking about a person who sold himself, then the reason his ear is pierced is because this ear that heard at Har Sinai, that the Jewish people are servants to me, and he went and bought a master for himself, this ear should be pierced. And then Rashi continues, and he presents another teaching. Rabbi Shimon would expound this verse like a chaymer, and we'll see later what a chaymer is. And he said, And what are the door and doorposts different than all other items in the house that the piercing of the ear is done over there? Hashem said, The door and doorposts that they were witnesses in Mitzrayim. When I passed over 
the lintel and two doorposts. And I said that the Jewish people are servants to me. They are my servants and not servants to servants. And this person went and bought a master for himself. His ear should be pierced in front of them, in front of the door and the doorposts. And the Rebbe asks seven questions on this part of the Rashi. Number one, this is a new topic. Until now we're talking about which ear is pierced, that it's the right ear. Now we're talking about why the ear was chosen to be pierced. If that's the case, it should be in a separate Rashi, or at the very least, Rashi should start it off as a new teaching with the words Mara'ah. Instead, Rashi puts it into the same teaching, and he starts off with the words Umara'ah, as if it's a continuation, U is the vavo there at the beginning is showing that it's a continuation to what was said beforehand. So why does Rashi do this? The second question is, and this is a stronger question, why does Rashi bring the next teaching in this Rashi, the teaching of Rabbi Shimon? The words in the Pasuk, V'yigishai el adelas ayala are written before Veratza Dainov es Aznai. So Rashi should have brought it as a teaching on those words previous to this Rashi. Obviously, from the fact that Rashi doesn't do this, it's because this is not a teaching in Pshuta Shomikra. In Pshuta Shomikra, we don't need to say this. And that's why it says that Rabbi Shimon said this drasha. It's a drash. It's not Pshuta Shomikra. And Rashi's bringing it here because it's somehow connected to this discussion. And the question is, how is it connected to this discussion in Rashi? The third question is, Rashi says, This ear that heard, don't steal, and when and stole, should be pierced. This ear that heard, that the Jewish people are my servants, and when and bought for himself, a master should be pierced. And there are three questions here. Number one, if the person's ear is being pierced because he stole, and because he sold himself as a slave, then his ear should have been pierced much earlier, not after being a servant for six years, and then also saying that he wants to stay on. It should have been pierced when he stole, and when he sold himself as a slave. Number two, this applies by every Ganav. Every Ganav heard Lois Signev and stole. And number three, this also applies by every Avera, because a person was commanded against doing every Avera. And so, by each Avera, according to this, a person's ear should be pierced. The fourth question is, regarding the slave who was sold into slavery because he stole and was unable to pay back, since he's only getting his ear pierced after saying that he wants to stay on as a slave, so why does Rashi give the reason that he's getting his ear pierced because his ear heard on Harsinai not not to steal? Why doesn't Rashi use the same reason of a halach v'kana adin He's going and buying a master for himself. Also in that case, why does Rashi have to give this, this reason that he stole? We have the same reason in this case as well that he's getting for himself a master by wanting to stay on as a slave. The fifth question is, by the person who sold himself into slavery, why does Rashi say that he's getting his ear pierced because he originally sold himself into slavery? Why doesn't Rashi say that it is what it seems like in the simple meaning of the Pasuk, that because he's saying now that he doesn't want to go free, I want to stay with my master, so therefore, because he's saying this, that means he's buying for himself a master to stay on with his master, and his ear heard that we are servants to Hashem. So therefore, that's what he's getting his ear pierced for. Why does Rashi say it's for the original selling and not the current desire to stay on as a slave? The sixth question is, it's known that when Rashi brings down a teaching from 
the Gemara or the Medrash, he only quotes what's relevant for the understanding of the simple meaning of the Pasuk. And if that's the case, we have two questions over here. Number one, why does Rashi say this ear that heard Al-Har Sinai? What does it have to mention that it was Al-Har Sinai? Why not just say this ear that heard? It heard this command and it didn't listen. And also, why does Rashi copy the words Rabbi Shimon Hayyadayrish Mikrozek Kimin Chaymer? Why didn't he just say Rabbi Shimon taught what's the need to write the words that he would expound this verse like a Chaymer? The seventh question is, and this brings us to eight questions with the question that we had at the beginning on the first part of Rashi. The rule is that Rashi doesn't bring down the names, like over here, Rabbi Yechen Ben Zakkai and Rabbi Shimon. He doesn't bring down the names unless there is a question that could be asked by a sharp student. And the name is being mentioned because it helps answer this question. If it's a question that every student would have, then Rashi has to write the answer openly. If it's a question that a student won't have, he's no need to allude to it. But if it's a question that a sharp student would have, then the way Rashi oftentimes will address the question is by saying the name of the author of this teaching, and that helps to answer the question. So the seventh question is, what's the subtle question in Pshut Mikra that Rashi is answering by saying the names over here of Rabbi Yechen ben Zakkai and Rabbi Shimon? Now we're going to move on to the key of the Sikha. It's going to consist of two parts. Both of them are going to have arrows in them because they're leading into the answer. And it's the key of the Sikha because it's going to unlock for us what question Rashi is coming to answer and how he answers the question. Why do we have this lengthy commentary of Rashi? What is the issue over here that Rashi is addressing and how does he address it? So the explanation on all of this is the main intent of Rashi and what he writes in the second part, and what's the reason that the ear is being pierced is not to explain why the terrorist specifically chose the ear. That's how Rashi is coming to tell us why the ear was chosen. Because in Derech Hapshat, in the simple way of learning the Pasuk, there's no need to give reasons for such details. But rather, what Rashi is coming to explain over here by asking, what's the reason the ear is being pierced? It's a question. It's coming to answer. He's coming to answer a question that arises based on Rashi explaining that when it says Oznoi, it means his right ear. So this answers for us our second question. Why is this part of Rashi, Umar Ra'a, part of this Rashi and not its own Rashi? And why does it begin with the letter U, end, like a continuation? Because it's a continuation. This part of Rashi is only prompted after we learn that the right ear is being pierced. Now there's a question that Rashi has to answer. And he's answering it, we'll see what that question is in a moment, he's answering it by saying, what's the reason the ear was pierced? To understand which question arises, because Rashi explains to us that the right ear is pierced, so in order to understand what that question is, we have to first preface a different question on the general teaching over here. And that is, why would this Evit specifically deserve such a punishment of an ongoing embarrassment and defect that his ear is pierced? And if you look at it, it's to the contrary. We're discussing here someone who stole and doesn't have what to pay back, which is usually the case by someone who only stole to satisfy his hunger. So we're talking about over here a person who did something out of tremendous desperation. And similarly, by one who sold himself because he was poor, we're talking about somebody doing something entirely unnatural to make themselves a slave because they're, they're so desperate, because they don't have any money for what they need. And also when it comes to his desire to stay on as a slave, also there we could understand what's happening, why this person is doing this. It's only because, like the Pasuk says clearly, he says that he loves his wife and children. And if he leaves, he's not going to have his wife and children any longer. They stay with the master. 
And this love that a person has for his wife and children is something which Hashem created into the world. It's a totally natural thing. So why is this slave deserving of such a punishment? And because of this question, this would lead us to say that this punishment is actually a very light one. And the explanation would be that it was actually common for all people to pierce their ears in those days. And it's something very, very light. And it's just sort of symbolic. It's not a severe punishment. However, according to this, it would make sense that which ear is pierced, the left ear is pierced. Since in terms of importance, the left ear is of lesser importance. Like Rashi tells us, by Yodcha, which is the hand that's weaker, Yodkeya goes on the left hand. So this is what we would think before learning the first part of Rashi. We would think it's referring to the left ear. And now we could answer all of our questions that we had on Rashi, and we get to understand what Rashi is telling us over here. So our first question was, why does Rashi say, after telling us that it's the right ear, why does he say, or maybe it's not the right ear, but rather the left ear, as if there's something compelling us to say it's the left ear. Now we understand why. Because we just explained that it makes sense that it's the left ear. Therefore, after Rashi teaches that it's the right ear, he asks, or maybe it's nothing but the left ear. Maybe it's the left ear, not the right ear. Because it makes sense that this is a light punishment and it should be put onto the left ear. And he answers that we have a teaching from Xerushava that it's the right ear. And therefore we have to say that it's the right ear. This, however, leads us to say different than what we thought originally that the ear is being pierced and it's something very light. This leads us to say that the ear is chosen to be pierced not in order to lessen the punishment but for some other reason. And this now answers our second question. And therefore Rashi asks, and he says it in a continuation, now that we just established that the right ear is pierced and we have uh, we have definitive proof that it's the right ear, that means that the ear is not chosen as a le- as a weak punishment, it's chosen for some special reason. So Rashi says, and he asks, Umara isn't Leirotza, what's the reason the ear is being pierced? And in order to explain why this person deserves such a punishment, so Rashi says that it's for what he did originally. The one who stole, it's because he stole. And the one who sold himself, it's because he bought a master for himself. And it's not because they said that they don't want to go free, as we'll explain for each of them. Regarding the person who stole, so we explained earlier that when a person steals from someone, so we can say that he was an honest, he was under a very difficult situation. So even though it doesn't justify it, but we can understand it. And therefore, he shouldn't be punished with a piercing. And that's also why not every Ganav gets his ear pierced. However, it's understood that when someone stole as an onus, he's embarrassed at this, and he doesn't want it to become public knowledge. And if as a result of stealing, he's sold as a slave because he doesn't have what to pay back, and now it did become public knowledge because everyone knows this person's a slave because he stole, so he's very distressed by this. And the whole time that he's a slave, he's awaiting anxiously for the time that he'll be freed. And if we see at the end that he isn't anxious to leave, and furthermore, he even wants to stay by his master, so this proves that from the very start, the matter, the fact that he stole, isn't embarrassing in his eyes. And his end proves about his beginning that the reason he stole is not because he was under difficult circumstances. He stole because of his bad character, and that's why his ear is pierced. And even though the fact that he wants to stay on now, like we mentioned earlier, and we'll mention again later, is because he wants to stay with his wife and kids, but still, when we look at the broader picture, under the circumstances that he stole, we could understand he was forced to steal because of the duress that he was under. He didn't have any money for food, so he went ahead and stole. That pushed him to steal. But if he's truly embarrassed about stealing, then that would push him that when it comes time to leave, he would want to leave because he doesn't want that 
the fact that he stole should remain and be public knowledge. And so the fact that now he's not anxious to leave and he even wants to stay, so that tells us that his end proves about proves about his beginning that the reason he stole originally was not because he was under duress, but rather because of his bad character. And regarding the person who sold himself, so so too by one who sold himself under duress, originally there's no reason to punish him for the fact that he sold himself. Since he's an honest, he didn't have any money, so he sold himself to get that money. However, if afterwards he says that he loves his master and doesn't want to leave, it shows that he doesn't mind being a slave. And he didn't originally sell himself just because he was an honest. He sold himself because he doesn't care to be a slave. His end proves about his beginning that he doesn't care to be a slave. And therefore, even though he doesn't deserve to be punished for now wanting to stay, for the fact that he wants to stay now, we're not punishing him. Why not? Since in this regard, he is somewhat an honest because of his natural love for his wife and children. But it's understood that since he says he loves his master, and that's why he wants to stay, so it's understood that he doesn't care so much to be a slave. And his end proves about his beginning that he didn't sell himself because he was an honest, but rather because he doesn't care to be a slave. Over here, it seems like what the Rebbe is saying is that when we look at each incident in isolation, we could understand it. Why did he originally sell himself? Because he was pressured to sell himself. He didn't have any money. Why did he eventually want to stay on as a slave? Because he loved his wife and kids. However, when we look at the broader picture, if that's really what was happening for this person, then when we look at the original selling of himself, if what was happening for him at that moment is that he did not want to sell himself, he just felt compelled to, then when that specific pressure that he had at that time was alleviated because he sold himself and he got the money from the sale and later on another pressure came he would not give in to that second pressure and he would want to be freed and over here the Rebbe also emphasizes that he doesn't just say that he loves his wife and children he's also saying that he loves his master so from the combination of these factors it seems that what we're saying is that his willingness and desire to now stay on as a slave so we say that his end proves about his beginning that when he sold himself originally it's because he didn't care to be owned as a slave and that's what he's being punished for and based on this it's also understood that by the first person we said that he's not getting his ear pierced because he's remaining on as a slave over there it's understood why we don't say that because that person didn't sell himself as a slave he was sold by Bezden against his will and now we can understand why he wants to stay on because he has his wife and kids. So we're not going to punish him based on the reason of that Hashem says that the Jewish people are my servants and not servants of other servants and he's going and being a servant to someone else because the sale into slavery was against his will and his desire now to stay on is understandable. Based on this, we can now also understand why Rashi says this ear that heard on Har Sinai why does Rashi add the words Alhar Sinai? Rashi says it in order to emphasize the severity of the Avera and the reason for this punishment. A person heard these mitzvahs of Lay Signev, not to steal, and that we are servants of Hashem, he heard them on Har Sinai from the mouth of Hashem. And it's known to Hashem that a person is able to come to a situation of such poverty that will push him to steal or to sell himself. And still, Hashem commanded, do not steal. And Hashem said, that we are His servants, and we should not be servants to servants. And Hashem, who sustains all of creation, His son and Mephanis Lakal, will certainly sustain Him as well in another way that doesn't force Him to go against Hashem by selling Himself or by stealing. And therefore, even in such poverty, the person should trust Hashem that He will certainly help him. And so this brings out and emphasizes the severity of the person's Avera. 
In order to add understanding to this idea that the reason for piercing the ear is because the ear heard Kili Bnei Yisrael Avadim, so Rashi wants to add more understanding and appreciation to this. So Rashi concludes at the end and brings the teaching of Rabbi Shimon. And he says, Rabbi Shimon, He's telling us that Rabbi Shimon was derish this whole Pasuk in this manner. Rabbi Shimon expounded the entire Pasuk over here and related it to this that Hashem said, And that's the reason why the doorpost was chosen. So Rashi is adding this teaching in order to show us that the whole Pasuk and all the details over here relate to this central idea that Hashem said, and that's why Rashi adds the words, he was Derish Mikrazek Kimin Chaymer. It's in order to tell us that what his reason is for bringing it. He's bringing it in order to add understanding and appreciation to the whole discussion over here. As Rashi himself explains in the Gemara and Kedushin, that a Chaymer is Tzur HaMargalis. It's something where you put a diamond or a gem into. Also something that you put fragrance into. Which, what's the idea of this thing? That even though these items are in one place, but they add beauty to the whole person, the one who's wearing it, and they also spread a good scent by the bison in the surroundings. So too, the purpose of bringing the teaching of Rabbi Shimon is not in order to tell us the reason that the door was chosen, but rather to add in our understanding and appreciation that the central idea over here is that Hashem said, and that's why the ear was pierced. And since Rashi doesn't teach the reason for reasons for things, like we said, that's not Rashi's job. That's why he doesn't teach and present this teaching of Rabbi Shimon by the Pasuk, by the part of the Pasuk, where it says that it's done by the doorpost. And that's also why he mentions the name Rabbi Shimon. Because Rabbi Shimon is known to be the person who's darish time at the Kra. He would give the reasons for things. So Rashi is telling us, this is from Rabbi Shimon, who gives the reasons for things. And that's not my job, Rashi is telling us. So why is he bringing it? He's bringing it to add understanding and an appreciation to his previous explanation. And so Rashi is saying both Rabbi Shimon, the name Rabbi Shimon, to diminish why we would think he's bringing it, that it's in order to explain to us the reason. No, it's not, because that's not Rashi's job. And he brings the words to tell us why he is bringing it. He's bringing it to show and add understanding and appreciation for the whole Pasuk here, how the central point over here is, and it affects not just the fact that the ear is pierced, but other parts as well, is this that Hashem said, In order to answer the question of a Talmud Mamulach, a seasoned and sharp student, that ultimately, why is this person who stole punished so severely, if he's an honest in every aspect along the way, both in his stealing and in his desire to want to remain by his master? So in order to answer this, Rashi mentions the name Rabbi Nechem ben Zakai, whose whole identity was Torah despite going through a very difficult time during the period of the Churban Beis HaMikdash. And to the extent that he also instructed that every person's entire and main identity should be Torah. What Rashi is saying over here is that the Torah, which commanded one to get married, and speaks and is aware of the natural love of a person to their wife and family, that very Torah commanded this person to leave after six years. And the Torah that informs us that there will always be poor people, and knows that there are people under difficult circumstances, is the same Torah that commands a person not to steal. And another reason he mentions the name Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai is because he's alluding to this, that Rabbi Yechonim ben Zakai spoke about the greatness of Gnos Chassadim. He compared it to the Beis HaMikdash. And what he's saying over here is that the Torah worries even for a person in great poverty. There's Gnos Chassadim in the Torah. The Torah commands him Kesef Talvas Ami, that a person has to loan money to his fellow that's in a difficult situation. And therefore, this person should have done more to get the help in, in a way that doesn't force him to go against the Torah.
From Yenushal Torah and Arashi, there are those that are so preoccupied during the six weekdays with the material matters to the extent that they have become slaves to slaves to their material desires, just like this person who buys a master for himself. They too have bought a master for themselves. And even when the seventh day of Shabbos arrives, when a person must go free, like this slave, these people don't want to free themselves from their love and slavery to the material matters. And what's the hero over here? What's the lesson? The lesson is Hashem commanded Kili Bnei Yisrael Avadim. What that means is that the purpose of a yid is to serve Hashem. Kili Bnei Yisrael Avadim. We're supposed to be servants to Hashem by learning Torah and doing mitzvahs because this was the purpose a person was created for. The reason is Neshama came into this world and it's the person's mission. And since this is a command from Hashem, and Hashem is the one that gives life and creates everything, so certainly a person was given the strength and the ability to fulfill his purpose and his mission in this world. Meaning, what we're saying over here is that even during the six weekdays, when a person is occupied with material matters, he doesn't do so as a slave to them, but rather to the contrary. He uses them for his true purpose to be a servant of Hashem. So not only is he not a slave to them, but he's using them for his purpose. And when Shabbos arrives, he makes himself holy, which means he completely separates and raises himself above material matters, and he occupies himself with learning Torah and serving Hashem. And through this approach of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, a person leaves his personal galus, and thereby he brings closer the leaving of the broader general galus of the world. Just like Rabbi Yechonim and Zaki that we mentioned, who accomplished getting those who destroyed the Beis HaMikdash to give him Yavin He's the one that accomplished, the Rebbe mentioned this earlier in the Sicha, that Rabbi Yechonim is the one that requested and accomplished that even though they destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, they gave him the city of Yavne with its Talmid uh, HaChamim. So also over here as well, a person could take the things that he would otherwise be a slave to and use them for serving Hashem. And this will lead to leaving his own personal galus and thereby leaving the broader galus. And speedily we will merit the coming of Mashiach and the building of the Beis HaMikdash and the door and doorposts that we mentioned that, that says that they, the door and doorposts of the Beis HaMikdash that sunk into the ground, they'll be revealed and they will complete the building of the Beis HaMikdash to its completion. And not only will we have the structure, as the Rebbe mentions in the Ara, that will come down from Shemayim, We'll also have the door and the doorposts which will complete the building of the Beis HaMikdash.